0: Kevin and hey Vinnie D'Agostino did I get it right
1: perfect <laughs> right I mean point. I know
0: you well but even when you were in classes I was always worried about messing your name
1: yeah up. it's it's I've been called worse
0: <laughs> I just started saying hey you mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that works
2: but this is great we have a special guest on this episode 16 of our podcast series music life and times and Vinny, welcome thank you it's good to be here So, Kevin, what the hell is Vinny doing? (laughs) (laughs) He owes me money. No, no, no,
0: no. Uh, Next week. You know, before I say, you know, I've been doing music now, professionally, for 36 years. I still take lessons. All the good guys I know. Vinny was uh, at Georgia State when I was teaching there, and that's where I met him. But what's unusual about his story is something I encounter as someone who teaches adults all the time. My studio is full of, well, not full, but it's got a bunch of... uh, I've got two dentists, I have a brain surgeon, I have a heart surgeon, some successful lawyers, people who are very, very successful in their careers. And all of them like all they want to do is learn how to play music, which is which is amazing. I guess music's important. All of them have a story, like they wanted to go to music school, but someone convinced them you couldn't make any money, or their parents wanted them to do something instead. I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them have a story like that. What I think is unique here about uh, Vinny here is that um, you've had a a long corporate life.
1: I did, over 30 years, yeah. Um, After college, computer science major, uh, I got my master's in that, and then a long career in, uh, in both the government world with the DoD, and then Uh, for over almost 30 years at Coca-Cola.
0: For the drummers in our audience, what does DOD mean?
1: Department of Defense. (laughs) For the drummers? (laughs) That is rough.
0: Yeah, it's a cheap shot. At least I didn't say trumbo. So here, one of the things
2: that I find interesting about Vinny, now I did the reverse what you did. I played music for a career until I was in my 40s. And then um, when I realized I was not going to be the next Ellis Marcellus, I figured I better go fall back on my education. And I moved to Atlanta from New Orleans, mm-hmm. opened up a um, marketing agency and, and and got to work as a, a writer and was able to make a, a good living doing that. You uh, kind of did it the opposite way. You, um, you played music from the time you were a young Right, kid, I was right? young.
1: I was eight years old. So first performance at eight years old. So I had a good fast start. Good support network, great teachers, super supportive parents. So, um, I mean, lessons, started playing professionally at 15, 16. Uh, and I thought I was going to do that for sure for a mm-hmm. living. I had my sights on doing Broadway pit, orchestras. or well, What, what do you play? I play saxophone, clarinet, flute. Lots of doubles. Yeah, so, so that was the track I was on for sure. Uh, and I started out in music school went to Boston University. and But after a year of it, I guess uh, I made a decision to just go on a different path for a career, but I kept playing. So I never stopped playing.
0: Yes. Let me ask you, why? I'm curious about this because I have my reasons. What led you to after this other career to, to switch so radically yeah. into something else as a professional? Lots of people I know will retire and then do music kind of as a hobby, but you're, you're doing it for a living.
1: Absolutely yeah um i think in short i feel like i'm making up for lost time um there's there's just so much that i want to do and accomplish and experience and um i just couldn't fit it in you know as a weekend guy for all that time you know weekend warrior we call weekend warrior lots of day job and and some occasional gigs on the weekend right
0: but you were happily married
1: I, I, yeah. You still are. I am (laughs) still happily married. I mean, the Weekend Warrior is like, you know, has that, has (laughs) that. Despite the Weekend Warrior. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, my wife Barbara and I, we, we're going on 36 years. We have three kids. So that was a, you know, another, another thing I really wanted to fit in. in all those years, baseball, football, dance, all this stuff with the kids. Um, But then uh, now I just felt after, you know, the kids are grown, and, you know, I was in a position where I just thought it was my time. So that, that's really what led me there.
0: Do you, um, do, you, do you feel music has improved things with you at this late stage in life?
1: Definitely. Definitely. I'm having absolute blast. Yeah. Um, and I think I would categorize what I'm doing, I guess, as a freelance musician. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's one way to say it. It sounds a lot better to say freelance. Yeah. You know, one of the things that,
2: that I noticed, I mean, when I did it, you know, six nights a week, basically, for until I was in my 40s, and then I stopped, and then I kind of went back and stopped and kind of went back and stopped. I noticed that every time I went back, I felt like I learned something. I felt like I was at a better level You know, for I guess for maybe taking the time away, and then going back. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you do you feel like you, when you're now that you're playing full time again, do you feel like there was something of value in doing what else you did that's contributing to your ability to play better?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I think yes. I think there are some things about life experience that I feel like I could draw from. in playing to a certain degree. I mean, uh, but it's also great to be able to practice a lot more and to be able to play a lot more. But but yes, I think life experience and then also kind of on the, you know, when I'm not on stage or not playing, there are absolutely a lot of things that have carried over that are helpful habits, I guess, and skills that carry over into the career. There's also a lot that don't, by the way, from the corporate career that... (laughs) Don't and that's uh, you know there are a number of things I I have learned and I'm learning you know in the journey.
2: So what what are a couple of things if you can draw them from them that that you know you while well, your your corporate career that that do sort of translate into into your music life.
1: Yeah, a couple of things come to mind right away. Uh, and again, because uh, I hope we could also talk about the things that don't translate, <laughs> but the things that have translated, one of them, uh, probably number one, and I was always really uh, kind of adamant about this for myself, was preparation. Just a huge deal, right? Come in prepared, obviously, you know, be on time, that kind of stuff, but, but preparation, that's just a, a very big deal um, in any line of work, I think, but it's so important in the world of music that's one big one. I think another, just generally speaking, just having an understanding and an appreciation for trying to be numbers driven to a certain extent. I mean, the the art needs to be the art, but also, you know, want to make ends meet too. So those are two things I think that have translated Mm -hmm. really well.
2: Okay, I'll bite on your uh, second uh, leg of this question. Sure. What doesn't translate?
1: Yeah, so some of the things that, um, and I'll say these are really positive and excellent lessons learned, um, and things that, Kevin, you and I have talked about, and you've helped me a lot on this, is uh, number one on the list is, uh, I'll just call it being uh, comfortable with trial and error or trying things. Um, being really comfortable getting in the zone on that realizing you know in the corporate life I think things have a you know you make a plan you hit it you do it and if you do a certain number of things a certain way you have a high chance of success and in the world of music and art you could do all that (laughs) and if it doesn't hit with the audience it doesn't hit you know So, so so I've gotten a lot more comfortable now like trying things. I mean, I, I have uh, a group, and it's absolutely, you know, a bit of an experiment. But now I'm enjoying that part mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that, that's a, that's a biggie. Um, I have a few more, but that's that's the biggest one. Yeah.
0: I had a mentor tell me that I I shouldn't use a to do list to make love to my wife. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great way
1: to Thank say you, it. Thank you, Ben Tucker. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, that that comes back to jazz and improvisation, right? Or just music. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think.
0: You know, what is fascinating to me, you're not not the only one I know who's done this, but it's unusual, this thing, having a career and really going into full-time music this late. Uh, Why do you think so many people who are successful in their other careers are so drawn to music or maybe it's to me because it's why maybe it's not unusually about music but it certainly seems like it is to me.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean certainly I'll, speaking for myself for sure it was this idea of kind of I've waited a long time and I always loved it and now I kind of cleared my plate enough to be able to do it so for me it was an instant like I couldn't wait to the moment that I could do it um, <clears throat> but I think kind of in general um, and and this is I guess from my experience as you know being a weekend warrior the the stress builds you do all the day job stuff and you know uh, hectic schedules deadlines pressure etc etc and music is such a relief from that and even though I'd be like wiped (laughs) typically like Friday gigs were you know, I would do them, but they were the worst because I would be on fumes, <laughs> right? But but there would always be that second wind um, because of the sense of community, relief, joy from doing it. And I, I could be on two hours sleep and I'd be fine. And um, I think there's just something there. There's something that draws people, um, especially if you wound up, if, if you're coming from a place where you maybe did it as a kid mm-hmm. and then you miss it, Um there's a lot in the world of music that is just amazing. Um, the, the experience itself of playing the people, right? I mean, musicians just generally to me are the most clever, witty, funny people, you know, there are. It's just great. So, love being with, you know, and as a musician. So I think there there are, you know, when I think about it as kind of one world, then another, well, there's a lot of things that drew me back in, and maybe those are some things that draw other people.
0: I knew you would be articulate <clears throat> about it. You know, I was, one time I was a guest artist at the um, College of Charleston where I did a performance, and then was supposed to you know, live uh, lecture and question and answers, and I'd already been doing this for quite a while, and one of the students stood up and asked me, A point-blank question that no one had ever asked me before and I was temporarily stymied he asked me so why do you play music yeah and I realized I hadn't thought about that way (laughs) but I came up with a great answer um, luckily and it's a true answer I I, but I had to sit there for a few minutes and self-reflect in front of this room of people but the answer for me was it really makes me a better person. You know, I, I, I programmed computers for a living before. It was very analytical. Maybe mm-hmm. this relates to your corporate mm-hmm. world. Very organized, structured, to-do list, etc. Yeah. And it was so stressful. And leaving all that behind, becoming a musician, really improved me. Now, now I've had two other people... Um, who I've only known two other people who were actually articulated why they wanted to take music lessons when they came to me. Both of them were kind of interesting. One of them was a very, very, very successful surgeon. Actually taught other surgeons. He came into the lesson and told me that he, he really wanted to learn to play piano. He also really wanted to improve his bedside manner.
1: Ah, wow.
0: I don't know if it cool. took yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding it was so funny though I, I you know I love this guy I'm just not gonna say his name because you know lessons are private but let's say his, his name was was Timothy right and uh, in the first lesson if he had already told me that I said okay Tim and he goes hold on my name is timothy (laughs) which is like okay there's the surgeon which is the the other one and and um this is a dear student of mine she passed away uh two weeks ago i got to go sorry it's okay she was 98. wow i got to go to her memorial there were 300 people she was very beloved they slowed this showed a slideshow of her whole life it was amazing she used to joke with me all the time it was true she was born before jazz (laughs) she had been a professional (laughs) piano teacher her whole life and not only always wanted to learn to improvise but her main reason she was mid 80s when she came to me her main reason was she wanted she knew that studying music would keep her mind sharp Mm. and sure did she played all the way up to the end she was still driving to piano lessons when she was like 94 before the pandemic you know maybe that was 93 but you know um, just astonishing and clarity on what music did for her and for you other know. students. I think people often forget about that particular benefit of just the...
1: Right, the, the mental uh, agility. Mm-hmm. That it, and it certainly makes you think and uses a big part of your brain. I don't know if it uses left, right, all of it or whatever, but yeah.
0: We all have our corpus corulum, yeah. whatever it's called <laughs> connected, so it uses both, right? So, so Mike, Mike, if someone asks you that question, why do you play music?
2: You know, I- I started when I was growing up. I was just—I remember that they, with all the chaos. I had four brothers and the chaos in the house. And I had two older brothers and two younger brothers. And it was my parents were Catholic, of course. <laughs> That's why they had five kids. Yeah. But I think <laughs> three of what they had planned on. <laughs> right. But then came the other two. So the the two older ones—they were fighting with each other all the time, and the two young was And I just, this was my escape. I mean, I would yeah. sit in my room and listen to music all the time, and I just, I just always wanted to play. And I think too, and this is a topic that I'd like to talk about sometime, is why do people love to perform, or what drives you to perform? Well, very honest with myself, I like applause. Yeah. <laughs> I like being noticed. I like being on stage and doing something that people respond to in a very positive way that they enjoy what I do and that they're willing to clap their hands
1: yeah that um I have a bit of a parallel with you there I mean I'm youngest of five and um growing up the idea kind of getting kind of pushed out you know figuratively to perform (laughs) was just kind of standard practice you know it was just I mean our grade school I thought it had a great policy, policy process whatever all the first year kids had to perform yeah. so I mean I that was you know bicycle built for two I was eight years old and but 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 in a good way in a positive way you know it wasn't mean or anything but but that just kept going the teachers at the time that I had were like of course you got to you got to perform and and there was a lot of emphasis on performing it was a little bit of an escape for me too and and I I always enjoyed it I loved it uh, got to do a lot of performing, really, in high school, so I had fun. Um, so I did miss that. You
0: know. Let me ask you this, man. So, like, like I've I've got a really good friend. He's an amazing musician, and Christian Timber, who, part of his career, he does workshops for businesses where he goes and then explains to them how music can improve their corporate structure and yeah. ability to work as teams or whatever. And that's a great book by Winter Marcellus. I always forget the name of it. I think it's called How Jazz Can Improve Your Life or something like that. From your experience, if, if you went back to the corporate world, mm. I'm not threatening you. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> you did. What, that's what, a good What, what one. would you tell them? Boy, what you, could you learn? How, how can you take... Yeah. Music here and used to improve what you did, or others yeah. would, or help other people to be more successful in their yeah, corporate it's environment. That's
1: a really good one. Um, a couple of thoughts come to mind. So, so that one, I'm going to divide it between that being a musician, you know, in a, an ensemble group, of, whether it be a symphony orchestra or, or a duo, you know, and then also talk about leadership, but you know, separately. So, so first, let me talk about the leadership. Um, so th- this. This concept that, I don't know, became kind of real popular in the corporate world maybe I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, this idea of leading from behind. I think there's a lot of parallels with that in music, and it doesn't, you know, it's it's kind of the image. The image is that you need to identify with your team, you need to be supportive of the team, and, and get away from, you know, barking orders, command and control, etc I think there's a big parallel with that idea of leading from behind, and leadership in the world of music right you, you're not you know you're not going to be being. here's what doesn't work with musicians being mean barking orders i mean i don't, I don't know i that type of style amen but you could do that in the you can often do that in the corporate world and be very successful mm-hmm. that wasn't my style thankfully but 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 that's common you know so that's one and i think encouraging that and getting a parallel with the leadership but then second, working in teams. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this, uh, that in the music world, is I think of it very much as a peer-to-peer type of network, especially in the performance. So listening, you know, you have two ears and one mouth and all that. But listening, I think that's something that could go a really long way in the corporate world to listen. And it doesn't mean roll over, it doesn't mean, you know, everybody's right. But it means listen, be thoughtful. And still, just like in the world of music, you still got to make a decision, you know. Mm -hmm. So I got to, I heard that, I heard that, and then you're going to do something. You still got to decide. So I think there's some really wonderful, Mm -hmm. you know, things that can come back that way.
2: It's like listening in real time, too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Because
2: you have to, you you have to play what you, if you're hearing somebody... I think another thing you have to be uh, right there. Yeah, you.
1: You got I, I, Well, speaking of real time, I think another thing that you could learn a lot, especially like I, I believe in the world of business, things that used to take you know a week now take whatever you know take like an hour. It's just insane with with what's out there. But I think one thing you could learn is that, that like, is is this idea of thinking on your feet and being nimble. Mm-hmm. Boy, music is. That's a that demands. might be that might actually be the best one out of all of them, you know, well, the, well, the idea to be able to pivot quickly.
2: Vinny D'Agostino, I want to ask you a couple other questions. Sure. One, give us for perspective, what when you left Coca-Cola, when your last corporate gig, yeah. what what was your role, what was your title, what were you doing? Yeah. Sure. And, and then also I'd like you to talk a little bit about your music now. What's your What What's your
1: you know, Yeah, thank you. Um, So at Coca-Cola, my role, the last role I had was uh, I was a global IT director uh, for global HR technology. So that meant what that means in real life is make sure that the technology for human resources works for all employees in all hundred countries that the company operated in. Um, Now, that's the title and that was the official. My real job for probably 25 years was, was, um, uh, kind of crackerjack problem solver for Technology. projects that were in the ditch. That's really what I did. Mm-hmm. Technological so, Yeah. Issues. Give me something Technology that's a year issues. or two. Yeah. A year mm-hmm. or two behind mm-hmm. it, and, and, and get it back. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was in a nutshell what I did. Um, great experiences, great teams, great people, um, It's a big job. (laughs) It was. It was. It was. It got to be twenty four hours. I, I, you know, I miss the people, but I don't miss the pressure. Yeah. Um, and now, um, you know, being now a couple, I'm about two years in on the full time journey. Uh, it's been awesome, and uh, I've got a number of projects cooking. Um, so I'm in a constant mode of like evaluating to figure out a good balance but some of some of the highlights of what i've got going on um i've got some projects that are you know kind of passion projects that that i'm looking to grow and then there are ones that are great still great uh opportunities and i'm having a ball on but you know i'm more of a officially like a Mm sideman which is great too um on the projects that i'm either leading or you know have big aspirations for there are two i have my own quartet um we're doing a lot of uh we're resurfacing a lot of kind of what we probably would have called we'd call pop jazz from the '70s, but resurfacing it, resurfacing it, and I like to think that we're doing like deep cuts and kind of bringing back some music that doesn't get played very much. So that's one project. Um, and um, second, kind of you know, kind of high high passion level project I'm doing is um, I'm playing saxophone with a Bill Hart um, fusion group. That's really fun. It's all original. Bill's the writer of all the material, but that's super fun. He's a great guitarist. It's really fun, and um, so we have hopes of you know hitting the festival circuit. We've got you know we're playing locally here. So those, those are when those are y'all your, playing locally? Where where we? Where, uh, where both? Oh yeah, sure. We're at the Velvet Note September sixteenth. We'll do go. two shows.
0: Of what year? <laughs> 20... <laughs> look at my optimism I'm hoping someone's going to be listening to this in 24 <laughs> 20, our ch- our 30 2023 2023 if I remember right yes. Bill, Bill almost has a resin. he does many Fridays there yeah, right? so, yeah. so you're going to be playing we'll occasional play, Fridays yeah. at the Velvet Note and yes. Hart is H-A-R-T right it is I'm yeah. not going to spell your last name no, that's okay <laughs> so so those
1: are great both more on kind of either original or um but I've got to know, I'm an, I'm assigned in a number. Of, I get to play Barry Saxon, um, Joe Granston's band, which is a fantastic band. Um, I, I'm playing lead tenor in uh, in, a, in a bank bank called the Third Stream Jazz Band. I'm playing lead alto in the Carrollton Jazz Orchestra. <laughs> uh, I have my own duo, clarinet and piano, where we do a lot of ragtime music. Um, that's a lot of fun as well. Um, I, so those are those are kind of the. Sounds like the you're staying busy. I'm staying real busy, yeah. really fun. Great!
0: Don't you have like a heavy metal polka band? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, actually, I I played on a couple of heavy metal records. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, it was great! I it was awesome, Vinny. Thank you, man. Thank you
1: so much.